Can you everybody hear me as well? Yes, yeah, you're all good. Okay. I tried awesome. to hook up my earbuds, but they weren't working. So <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, all right, everybody, welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray. I am your host. I'm joined today by our staff member Rachel Thomas. And a very special guest we're thrilled to have, Allison Weatherford is a high-performance sports medicine professional for the U.S. Soccer Federation. She owns her own organization called Athena Athlete, where she helps female athletes with mental and physical performance skills and injury prevention. She's our newest strategic partner here at Female Footballers, so please welcome Allison Weatherford. I don't Hi, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here and, and connect to help the next generation of, of women's soccer players. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you and to, to have you be a part of our strategic partnerships um, so that we are making sure that all the whole player is getting uh, the attention that they deserve. And um, so for our listeners and for everyone out there, we just thought it might be good to start with, you know, tell us, tell us a little bit about your background first as an athlete, and then maybe veer it into um, what you do now and connect those two a little bit. So as an athlete, I was, I was a high school state champion um, in the sport of skiing. And um, with that, my senior year in high school, I actually tore my ACL um, so I've been there, done that, um, uh, was at the, felt as though I was at the top of my game at the time. And then, you know, kind of everything crashed down, not able to participate in my senior year. Um, I did end up coming back just to finish the season, but, um, with that, you know, kind of went on and, and had the surgery, did, did all of the rehab and everything along those lines. And then, and then moving on into college, I skied in college, um, for a, for a division one team at university of New Hampshire. So as a collegiate athlete, uh, you know, kind of trying to put the pieces together of what I wanted to do and, and found that sports medicine, athletic training was right along those lines from what I had experienced with my own injury and really kind of wanted to help others. So moved into athletic training um, from there and and uh, then moved on into my career working um, at a number of different areas. Uh, biggest one, I was at the USOPC for a number of years um, and and then you know, I worked at the high school level and really enjoyed helping to support that next generation and seeing those differences between that elite Olympic level athlete and that high school level athlete and the amount of services that they provide or aren't provided um, and when they really should be. So um, have focused more with Athena Athlete of really getting some of those services and some of that information to that next generation of athlete. Absolutely. And so you kind of pinpointed your why as to why going into sports performance sounds very personal. I know Rachel's had some of that on our staff. We have a lot of other people in our mentor network who've experienced injury at a really critical point in their careers as well. Um, what made you decide to, well, first of all, you were a skier. So how did you go from skiing to other sports and some of that? And I didn't even know being from California, maybe you know this better, Rachel, because I know you're in Tahoe a lot, but like, I didn't even know that skiing was like a D1 sport. Is that just an East coast thing? Is that, tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, it is a D1 sport. Um, obviously, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico. I actually went to University of New Hampshire. Um, and so it is very East Coast, West Coast, uh, kind of more in the snow area regions. And, and obviously now living in California, um, you know, it's not quite as big or not well, as well known as soccer or, you know, volleyball, some of those other sports. But I was able to get involved in a number of different sports, which I really enjoyed um, working out at the USOPC with track and field athletes, rowing athletes, soccer, uh, softball. I was a head athletic trainer for USA softball for the 2004 Olympic Games um, and also helped to support the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Association um, at a number of Olympic Games with that. So, so really kind of bringing all of those different sports and different experiences all together um, has really helped me in my career to see the big picture and really look at that athlete holistically. Um, and then with U.S. soccer um, as, a, as a part of their network provider, really helping the development teams and working with camps and competitions with more of their development teams, the younger age groups is, is really helpful in, in helping them to connect and understand some of those performance components and how that really does help to support not only their performance in leveling up there, but also with that injury prevention and how that is all connected together, um, maintaining injuries or, or coming back from injuries or preventing injuries from the first place um, and, and kind of really helping to support them and putting all of those different pieces together and how that, how that really helps to support them for a longevity. Yeah. And when you were working at the USOPC, was that just with girls or both girls and boys? It was with girls and boys. It was with the Olympic Paralympic athletes, um, the ones that, that lived there, but also covering all of the camps and competitions that came in, um, whether that was U.S. soccer, USA rowing, um, USA softball, USA archery was was a resident sport, track and field. Um, we even had some bobsledders and skiers down in Southern California uh, training. Um, so it was really a, a full gamut of all of the different sports and a, a number of the different athletes um, at that at that elite Olympic Paralympic level. Very cool. Um, and that's, I assume, how you got into working with U.S. Soccer Federation. Did you go mainly in that direction? Do you primarily work in soccer in the last few years or is it still lots of different sports? It has been a, a lot of soccer in the last few years, again, just as part of their network provider um, network that um, helping to support them and and really kind of working with a lot of the different camps for a lot of the development teams. And it has been both boys and girls, but I really have focused more on really that girl's side um, as my passion and my purpose, uh, especially with the connection with my business with Athena Athlete and helping to consult and, and coach and work with girls um, through that as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about Athena Athlete. I think it's so cool. I think it's very like-minded to female footballers, but you're you're taking a little bit more of a physical performance approach. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Athena Athlete started again, just kind of with the more information that girls have, the, the more that they can level up. 
Um, and, and so kind of my tagline is wisdom warrior goddess. Like they can, once they have that information, they can truly level up into their warrior self and, and be a goddess in sport and life and, and really own all parts of themselves. Um, and I think that's where female footballers really helps to promote that as well. Um, I take it again with my background in athletic training, sports medicine and performance from a lot of that physical side, but at the same time, um, really recognizing and understanding the mental and emotional components that go along with all of that. Um, and, and a lot of the different life skills that help in sport, but also carry over into life with, understanding and recognizing some of those setbacks you know the comeback is always bigger than the than the setback and the the process along that path uh with goal setting with communication staying um connected with that team and because sport is such a social aspect for girls that once you're taken out of it and I know that I experienced that myself Rachel you may have when I when I had my injury I felt I lost everything I lost my identity um you know I lost my teammates I lost you know what I loved and so helping them to make those connections to to follow through the process to get back to sport as quickly as they can and in that process learn and and actually level up from it um, because they now have a better foundation. They now have a better understanding of themselves, their strengths, their weaknesses, and um, and really helping to kind of guide them in those directions. Well, and I think like I think we're all of similar generation. And Rachel, I'd be curious to know because Rachel and I played at UC Berkeley together. Um, Rach, did you feel like a lot of the mental piece or the whole player piece? was a part of your recovery when you were coming back from your ACLs? Or do you feel like it was not something that was talked about back then? You're muted. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, trying to keep it quiet when you guys are talking. Yeah, um, I did not feel like there was, um, that the mental side was addressed um, directly. I think I was fortunate that our program was a very um, bonded program. I was a sophomore when it happened. So I had already, um, I actually, my freshman year had a, had a really hard time transitioning to let to the level up. And so I had already gone through that and gotten feeling really in a good place physically and mentally coming into my sophomore year and then tearing my ACL in the fifth game or whatever was pretty devastating. Um, but I think because I had the bond with my teammates different than, than skiing, I know you have a team, but obviously a little more individual sport, um, when you're on the actually competing. Um, but it was, it was very challenging. Um, I felt it felt very isolating because you're just on a totally different program, you know, like, and the amount of time that you're putting into it is pretty extensive. Um, because I would go to the training room for two hours, um, sometime during the day, whether depending on when our practice was, and then I would also go to practice. Um, so it was like at least four hours a day and then sometimes more, um, depending. And I remember actually, I tore my ACL and my meniscus and they, um, 
they, they, at that time, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, you could probably speak to this better, but I don't know how long they tell athletes to wait, but they said to wait a month to let the swelling come down before they did surgery. So I was up at practice and I was still wanting so desperately to be part of it, you know, and feel part of the team. So I was shagging balls and just, you know, and I remember I threw a ball and it like hurt so bad. My knee, I like collapsed again. I was like, oh my God. And it was just, I think that maybe was even more of a, of a hit because it was like, I can't even shag balls. Like, cause that, you know, that element was just taken out. And then the post recovery in terms of, because that was pre-surgery and then coming and feeling, um, kind of isolated that way. And also for a while denial, like I just sort of like, Oh, you know, cause you hear like, Oh, people tear the ACLs. We have plenty of teammates who did, I watched them, you know, I watched them do it and recover and, and the whole thing, but it just, there's a little bit of detachment. I think, um, at least a well, there was for me. So. Well, and I think back then too, there wasn't a lot of injury prevention conversations around how to keep yourself from getting injured. So, I mean, Allison, I know you've had the same experience as Rachel tearing your ACL, but how has, um, you know, when you look at the issues you deal with within your, your roles, you know, what are those top three issues and how have some of those issues changed from like our generation when we hurt ourselves back then to now, like how do those kind of go together, I guess, bridging that. Um, but I know there's still a lot of issues. And when you and I had our initial conversation and got to know each other, one of the things you said that I, that still stands out is that you can tell when somebody is going to tear their ACL just by watching them walk. I thought that was super fascinating. You mentioned something like that. So I have a sense that there's so much more knowledge now, but tell us a little bit about that. There is a lot more knowledge now. Again, we're still lacking in some of the research for women in sport, uh, just with a number of the different factors that are involved with that. Um, but we we definitely have moved into that with the recognition that um, as, as a big one with the ACL injury, um, that, that it's been considered an epidemic just with the number of, of women that missed the world cup this year due to injury, um, and specifically knee injuries. And, and, um, so it has been recognized a lot more information is out there as to the development of girls and women versus boys and why that, uh, you know, statistic is that, that they're, they're two to six more times greater risk of having that ACL injury than boys. Um, and so I, I say that, you know, kind of looking at looking at an athlete and again, looking at those development athletes and as the girls get bigger, faster, stronger, you know, through puberty and how that changes from, from boys to girls is a, is a big factor and, and recognizing, um, you know, kind of some of that growth and what happens um, just building the strength and stability and seeing where the knee is at. That's why looking at them when they're walking or doing a lunge, um, you can kind of see where's that knee going and, and how do we make that biomechanically in line, not just for injury prevention, but for, for performance. Um, you know, if that biomechanics is, is in line, you get more power, you get more speed. Um, and, and you build that, uh, you know, muscle memory as to when the athlete comes down for a jump that they're landing in that biomechanically correct position versus allowing that need to collapse inward. Obviously we know that all injuries are not preventable. Um, there is contact involved. There are different fields and different surfaces. Um, but trying to do our best to, 
um, educate and and have these athletes recognize the the right biomechanics. Um, and again, it's it's not just for ACL injuries. It can be for stress fractures for girls that that are more prone to that. Uh, low back injuries, um, as well as hamstring, uh, IT band, just general. Uh, patellar tendonitis, overuse injuries that that help girls and really recognizing the biomechanics with that, starting with the feet to the knees, to the hips, to the core, um, and, and recognizing some of those positioning um, that, that really have an impact for these girls. Um, and I think some of the biggest factors, I, I think one of the biggest factors is um, the mindset of not being able to prevent the injuries, just waiting for them to happen. Um, especially parents and girls just not wanting to face it or not wanting, you know, I'll just deal with it when I get there. Again, as a teenager, I had no idea. What? <laughs> this is a thing? I've never been hurt before. <laughs> Why? Um, yeah. And I think really recognizing that, that you know, one of the, the biggest factors is that, yeah, we have all of these resources and we have all of this information for our professional and our elite athletes, but it it's not filtered down into a lot of the youth level athletes. Um, so, and that's really where it needs to start because that's the development from, you know, pre-puberty through puberty to, you know, having that strong foundational uh, core, you know, um, with the biomechanics, with your movement, um, that through that phase for girls is so important to develop those skills and that muscle memory to be able to prevent those injuries, um, instead of an after the fact thing. Um, so I think that that's a big thing of having the mindset that, oh, I'm just not going to do anything about it. And then until after it happens, all athletes at some point, minus you, Cassie, that um, have have suffered an injury, you know, whether it's a hamstring or an ankle sprain or something, we all go through injury at some point in our career. Um, and it always is just like an after the fact thing versus what can we do before that to, you know, prevent it from happening in the first place. And it really does become, start with a, a, a good biomechanical analysis of where they're at um, functionally with their movements and their foundation. So that's one of the biggest things and really kind of bringing that down to that youth level, to that club level, um, because they don't always necessarily have those resources or that information. I think another big factor is that we keep trying to put this on the coaches. The coaches don't have that education or background. And e even if they do, the time limited in practice is for the skills and the soccer specific drills that are needed to be done for those plays and that teamwork development that they need to happen. So it it really does or should become an information to the girls and to the parents to be able to recognize and start implementing, you know, them taking that initiative and that accountability um, as to why. I think that's huge. Well, first of all, you're, the first issue of they're going to wait till they actually get injured to do something about it is the same exact issue we see at female footballers with the mindset piece. I'm going to wait till I have a mental health issue to deal with my mind 
and how that affects my performance. So it's the same on both sides. It's a huge piece of how we're looking at, at the athlete. It's very technical, tactical, physical even comes after those two and then mental is always last. And so I think that's, like you said, that's a huge issue. And then the lack of education. So I think it's super fascinating that you said about the coaches because in our world, Rachel and I talked to lots of different people and I feel like a lot is put on the coaches. And my frustration is that there isn't a lot of um, knowledge within the licensing programs around this kind of stuff. So I would hope that that becomes a larger piece to this, that they're more educated within their licensing programs. But I also think what you said is so huge because parents, it's as anything in the sports world, it's always parents blaming coaches, coaches blaming parents, and we get nowhere. It's just like this, you know, circular issue that's just like, seriously, like somebody's got to do something, right? So I, and there's also like, as a parent, I have two competitive playing kids and Rachel has three daughters that play sports. It's really hard to know where to look for information as a parent too. So maybe access is part of that. Do you think so? I, I do. And I, and, and we've talked about this before that, that, you know, the prevention is one part, taking, taking that accountability before you get to that point and really putting in that, those foundational kind of skills of individually, because it is an individual thing. We're all made unique and different. And one person has one problem. The other person has another problem. And, and to try and put those all into play into a generalized warm up, um, it, it, it can be possible, but every individual really needs to focus on what they need to focus on as well. Um, but for the parents and, and then after the fact of an injury of, I think that is the big barrier uh, because we are focusing or, you know, really relying on our pediatricians um, that may not be sports medicine professionals. And so really for the parents and as an athlete, after the fact of going, where do I go? What do I do? What questions do I ask? What does this process look like? How long is it going to take? You know, having all of these questions or recognizing all of these questions, um, what can I do to help support that healing? Um, from a mental, physical, emotional standpoint, um, with with all of the different areas, how would how can I stay connected to my team? How can I communicate with my coach? Um, all of those different aspects come into play after the fact for athletes and parents. And and one of the big things I find, um, I I also uh, teach a graduate program. Um, for a class women in sports. And so a lot of the research does show that girls in sports um, want to know why. Why am I doing this? Why do you have me doing these sprints? Why do you have me, you know, doing this drill? Why do you have me doing this warm up or this cool down? Um, so it for for girls in sports, it really is that connection and and them understanding and recognizing and taking that accountability onto themselves and understanding that process um, versus boys. Sometimes they're like, okay, yep, do 10 pushups. All right. <laughs> um, and they we don't necessarily, yeah, we don't necessarily, they don't necessarily ask the why um, versus girls. So, so that's where, Athena athlete has really come in into, into educating those girls and having them recognize and understand their actions and the consequences and, and the plan and the process 
for them to be able to level up um, and their their reason why. Um, so I think that that's a big part of it. And parents, uh, I'm I'm a parent as well, always get frustrated. We're working with teenagers and youth athletes, and they, at this point, especially um, you know, with athletes, don't always want to hear from their mom or dad you know, from their parent, they want to hear that information from their coach. Um, and again, the coaches don't always have that information. So finding that professional that that resource to be able to communicate and, and go through that process with an athlete, you know, this is why this is, you know, the plan that we have set out, how are they, and then the checking in with them, you know, following up really. Um, and like, and like you have with female footballers, with that mentorship, it really is that that checking in with them and that following up with them that helps them to connect with somebody besides coach, besides parent, and helping them to get to that next level and put the pieces together for themselves. Um, and so that's where, again, Athena Athlete really helps um, athletes and parents, you know, kind of take some of that pressure off the parent while still providing them the information but really kind of working with that athlete for them to go through a lot of that process, a lot of those steps um, and, and recognizing and understanding what to ask, where to ask, when they should be at a certain point um, and, and all of those different components with a return to play from an injury or a prevention of injury. And yeah, I, I think that's so needed. So when we were talking about whether or not we've been injured, I've never torn an ACL, but I I do remember being in high school and I had a, I think it was probably a deep contusion in my quad, but it felt like a pull. And my dad, and we had no, there was no sports performance person at my high school. I went to my club. They had no sports. I, it's great nowadays that a lot of clubs have those people, but even then they don't have facilities like a collegiate or professional program would have. So to have Athena athlete with, to be able to go to somebody, they tell you what you need and kind of where to find it, I think is so important. I ended up going to like the city college in my town because that was the only place I could get like the STEM machines on my quad. And it was like, and then I remember going to Cal with Rachel and it was like an entire, it's, it's amazing. It was amazing to me at the, the youth level to the college level and seeing there's no resources to then, you know, Cal is a humongous school and we used a lot of the football programs resources, but then you go into this sports performance, like whole part of the building where you have access and resources to everything. And it's kind of nuts that it's that different. So, I mean, Athena athlete is so important that these players have resources at a younger age. And I just so am so grateful that there are people like you understanding, like we feel that starting younger is more important, that we can't just hit this collegiate demographic and pro demographic and and only care then, you know? Um, out of curiosity, I know this isn't a question we discussed previously, but the girls you're working with in the development program, the youth, youth national team players, do you think most of them, or have you ever had conversations with most of them, do they have sports performance people in the clubs that they play for, or, or do you know that or no? Um, I, again, it depends on what different level they're at. And obviously some of the, the professional athletes, uh, you know, Mel Barsanis, Chloe Riggins, they are, they are professional athletes. So yes, they have a full staff of, 
sports medicine, athletic trainers, strength and conditioning, all of those different components. Um, and uh, across the country, it is it varies widely with regard to what is available. And and it's interesting because yeah, some some clubs do hire sport performance or a strength and conditioning coach, but mm-hmm. but also recognize you have one strength and conditioning coach for hundreds of athletes within that club environment within that club program. And a lot of times their resources are, you know, put into other areas because girls don't like to work out. Um, and, and we get caught into that, you know, gender discrepancy with strength and conditioning, um, and, and really kind of the, the deficiency of understanding for even some strength and conditioning coaches that, that building that foundation, even if it is just body weight training or, you know, kind of really focusing on that versus I'm building strength, I'm building, you know, working on conditioning. Um, so a lot of, from what I've seen is that a lot of athletes may have a strength and conditioning coach. A lot of most that I've experienced don't have an athletic trainer or have an athletic trainer at a game. Um, and, you know, again, very limited with one person trying to service hundreds of athletes and you get the same thing at the high school level. Um, so we have a lot of club athletes that are like, oh, well, I can check in with my athletic trainer, but they're only allowed to see them during their in season mm-hmm. um, because that's the priority and that's the focus and they don't have that time or those resources to, to be able to service all of the different, all of the different athletes. Um, so it is, there's definitely, you know, I think part of it with Athena athlete is really having that information available to them, mm-hmm. um, that can be connected and, and, you know, having those resources to be able to really connect with at any point at any time helps to kind of work through that work with the athletes work with the parents when they have those questions have those conversations um to provide the information and again like with female footballers through that mentorship part of it is really putting that info, giving them that information, but putting that accountability onto them. They, they take that responsibility to put all of these different performance pieces into play to level up, um, not just in sports, but in life with their goal setting, with their communication, with, um, you know, kind of the mental components and building those mental skills, practicing them um, as, as well as, you know, kind of, what they need to do for injury prevention, for recovery, nutrition, uh, you know, do I ice, do I not, you know, when do I eat? Um, and, and a lot of it is just the disconnect between having the information and having, or having too much information and not understanding what to do with the information. What, where, where do I put my priorities? Because a, a teenage girl, has so many things going on socially, you know, academically, athletically that, that where do I, 
want and where do I choose to put my resources and how can I fit in tiny little bits to help support me? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I had a session last night, uh, a mentorship session with an athlete that works with female footballers. And she literally said that, like, I was like, okay, we have like five more minutes. Is there any other questions you have or things you want to talk about? And she was like, well, I have school and soccer and grades and college recruiting and ID camps and ODP. And like, she's listing all these things. She's like, I'm not really sure how to balance all of this. And I was like, well, first of all, we don't have, we only have five minutes. I'm not gonna be able to answer this, like, you know, properly, but we did talk about how, um, you know, a lot about balance in the conversation, but to what you're saying, I think a lot of it is it's when you're not, when this stuff is not being talked about at a younger age, it becomes things that they feel are tacked on to their experience later. And then it adds to that overwhelm, right? It's, it's the same with us. It's like, well, now I have to worry about my mental health and my mindset, but really it's this stuff has to be discussed and looked at as a part of the whole player and the experience starting from when they start the game, you know, even at age six, like this is a part of being a whole player and this is part of the experience. And it's not something we're just going to add on later because it feels like baggage later, you know? So I think that's such a great point and it all comes down to education. I know you're doing so much around that with Athena athlete, with working for us soccer, I know you had told me a couple things you were working on. I don't know if you want to share any of some of the recent research or things that you're you're in, you know, that you've been involved with, but uh, it might be fun to kind of end on that and give people a way to find more about what you're doing and and some of the areas and directions you're going in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am happy to share and work with, um, you know, any of the athletes out there, just even be a resource, especially for female footballers to answer questions. Um, and you can, you can find me. I think, I think one of the things that you said is being a holistic player, but at, at, at the same time, being a whole person through all of this process is, is going to be so important and having the athletes recognize and realize that, um, I think Athena athlete, one of the things that started, I grew up in a, in a small Northern Michigan town. I literally had to drive four hours to go to rehab um, at University of Michigan. So I did not have those resources. I did not have that information. So Athena Athlete started it with a lot. And now being in the elite and, and youth sports space for my entire career of what I wish I knew then that I know now, um, having that information on injury prevention, injury management, you know, return to play, uh, nutrition, recovery, um, and load management, how all of these connected and combined. Um, and then again, adding in the social and emotional and mental and physical and putting them all together for um, that balance in sport and life uh, is really important for girls. So happy to answer any questions. Again, I know it's it's a big area for a lot of athletes that all of a sudden suffer that injury that don't know where to go or don't know where to turn. Um, you can reach me at my website, um, athena-athlete.com. Email me through there. Happy to meet with anybody with female footballers, you know, an initial consultation, 30 minutes for free, just sign up on the calendar and, and happy to do a quick little intro, find out if it's a good fit. 
Um, and then from there, you know, kind of look at what they are trying to accomplish. And if I can be of service and of help to that. Um, the other thing that I'm working on is, is really putting together a full comprehensive injury prevention for girls in sports course. Um, and that goes through, you know, kind of that biomechanical analysis that I really look at from the feet to the knees, to the hips, to the core, how that all integrates and helps to prevent injuries from girls, from ACL injuries to shin splints or stress fractures to um, hamstring or IT band, uh, patellar tendonitis, all of the different aspects. Um, and, and with that kind of connecting some exercises and stuff to help work through some of those injuries or conditions that, that they may have. Um, so working on that, putting all of that together. So, um, again, happy to help with, with any information questions parents may have, they can email me through there. My email is a Weatherford at Athena, Athena dash athlete.com that is on the website and, um, happy to, happy to work with that with any of the athletes going through some of these different um, barriers or different hurdles that they're working to get through. Awesome. Oh my gosh, you're such a wealth of knowledge and I love how accessible um, your resources are. You guys can also find Allison on our partnership page. Athena um, Athlete is directly linked so you can find her there too. Um, we're going to have you on again in the next few weeks actually and we're going to have another strategic partner on soon. Uh, Lisa Bontasumi, and we're going to connect even more to our physical body and our mental health um, and in another uh, podcast episode coming soon. So you guys stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for coming on, Allison and Rachel. I appreciate your guys' time today. Thanks. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to speak to you again and, and uh, get some of that information out to all of the listeners and all the players and families uh, interested in finding out more. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And um, you guys check it out, uh, Athena Athlete or athena-athlete.com. And uh, stay tuned for the couple of weeks when we're going to have her on again to talk more about injury and mental health. So um, we'll catch you guys next time.